Mr. Busnick, I don't know why you hate women, and maybe you don't know either, but I am going to give you the opportunity to think about it while you spend one year in a state correctional podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Adam and Ben, New and Selected, a podcast about the movies of Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller. My name is Lucian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Shane. Hello. Hi, and we are here today to cure you of your misogyny. Yes, we are here to cure you of all the terrible male instincts that riddle your brain and personality and ruin your love life and work life. Um, Because today we are talking about the 2003 movie Anger Management, uh, co-starring one of the most iconic actors in Hollywood history, Adam uh, Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Um, And it is kind of the only example of Sandler being like, okay, I will share the lead role of a film with a older generation of star and we will have equal sized faces on the poster and i think that's the only time it's really happened since in this century anyway yeah yeah i feel like we made this point about another film we got maybe we 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 did i feel like this is to sandler what meet the parents is to stiller where he's like I'm going to team up with this really, really beloved, iconic older actor, and he's going to be cranky and yelling at me, and I'm going to be this silly, goofy guy. Um, I think this is quite different to meet the parents because Nicholson is not the straight man in this. It's actually more a case of him tormenting. uh... Actually, that's kind of the same as meet the parents, I guess, where like the old guy is weird and the young guy is like, why are you being weird? And the old guy is like, I'm going to make your life hell by being as weird as I possibly could be. That's kind of the dynamic here. But I think there's a crossover between Sandler's character in this and a lot of Stiller's characters. Definitely. Like we'll get to that. We'll get to that section. Yeah. Could each other play it? But I think... I think this is very much one of the the ones where Stiller could be inserted in here, and the film would not change that much. Not in the slightest. So this film came out in 2003. It's directed by Peter Siegel, and Peter Siegel is the man responsible for some real, real great stuff. So he directed Tommy Boy, which I watched. Uh, last year which is a david spade uh chris farley road trip comedy that's pretty good he directed uh 51st dates which we'll talk about in the show the longest yard which we may talk about uh get smart which i really like uh grudge match a very forgotten de niro stallone boxing comedy that no one remembers uh kevin hart also in it uh not good and that's a real Dublin bus stop poster. Dublin bus stop poster set up. Set up. Yeah. And then he made another, yeah, no, all his films are Dublin bus poster films. He made a second mm-hmm. act with Jennifer Lopez and then he made My Spy with Dave Bautista. And My Spy is a film that was put up on the buses just before COVID arrived in Ireland and remained on the buses for months and months because there was no one else was buying ad space. So I remember there being <laughs> posters for that film up long after it actually came out. Uh, if it ever came out. It's written by a guy called David S. Dorfman, who didn't really write any other Sandler stuff or anything else at all. So he kind of just wrote this film. And I find that unlikely that he's the sole person who ever worked on the script. So there's probably uncredited people who did rewrites. I'm sure Sandler Mm -hmm. wrote some of this himself. Because this anonymous David Dorfman guy surely didn't write this very solid mainstream Adam Sandler comedy. I don't know. Um... It also stars uh, Marissa Tomei, Louise Guzman, Woody Harrelson, John Turturro, John C. Riley, and it was made for seventy-five million, which is quite expensive. But it made one hundred ninety-five point seven million, so it made its money back. Yeah, and it... I'm sure, like the majority of that is going on the, the two actors' salaries. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'd say Nicholson was paid quite a bit of money for this um, because it's. So stupid. The entire film is just kind of set in rooms. Yeah, the entire film is kind of set in rooms and in cars. <laughs> it's just like a restaurant and apartment. I think that's probably the case for most of the films we talk about in this show, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but here's here's what I was thinking when I so I went back and watched it today, and I haven't seen it in a few years. So I I do own this on a I own a DVD of this film, and it came in a three pack of DVDs that I bought in uh, Newcastle in England in a CEX in 2012 and the three dvds in the box are happy gilmore mr deeds and anger management and i would have always kind of thought that anger management was my least favorite of those three films um and it may be but watching it today i was like no this is actually really solid this is very funny and 
it's not just because I always figured that this is the type of Adam Sandler film that like, you know, my parents would put on and probably tolerate it because it has Nicholson in it as well. And as a result, it's not as purely goofy and silly and funny as his other stuff. Yeah, it's not it's not a it's not aimed at kids as much yeah. as a lot of his it's other stuff. It's not really an Adam Sandler production as much as some of his other stuff. Um, he's not credited as a producer or well, no, that's not true. Happy Madison is credited on it. Okay. But like, it feels to me like the broadest version of his thing, probably more aimed at people in their forties and fifties in terms of the type of comedies. But then I watched it today and I was like, that's not really true. I think it's got all the same stuff that we like in all of his other films and a lot of the same faces that we like. Um, it also struck me how much it reminds me of basic. It's basically the film equivalent of a joke that some guys in our school used to do to rile up their friend, <laughs> Marvin, a, a lovely guy that we went to school with and his friends, he was a perfectly relaxed guy. And his friends would just suddenly out of nowhere say in the middle of class, Marvin, relax, Marvin, calm down, Marvin, you're, you're scaring people. And Marvin would be like, God, I am relaxed. And the more and more that you would tell Marvin to relax, obviously the more agitated Marvin would get. This is kind of 95 minutes of that being done to Adam Sandler. And it is a hilarious gag. And the repeated return to the courtroom every time he gets so pissed off that he like slightly raises his voice and then he gets accused of being misogynistic and racist and all of this. And it's really it's really a great gag that he keeps ending up in the court with the same judge. I know it's a good gag because like it's one of the it's hard to find a gag that gets kind of funnier every time it happens. Yes, exactly. Because, like, the stake is raised every time he gets mm-hmm. more and more angry. Yeah, it builds and builds. It's a good bit. It is. It's good. So he plays a character called Dave Busnick. We have a flashback at the start mm-hmm. where he yeah. is about to kiss a girl in school and then somebody pulls down his pants. It's kind of a silly flashback. It doesn't really add anything to the plot. I mean, it doesn't... Uh, it kind of it sets something... provides the... The basis of his trauma and the yeah. source of his anxiety, I suppose. which is having his penis Being exposed. exposed to a woman. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of the a lot of the insecurity in this film was based around genital size. That is true. Yes. So he present day is working in like a bit of a shitty office job, and he has like issues with public affection and stuff. And he has a coworker who is like best friends from college with his girlfriend and is constantly trying to sleep with her, but she's resisting his uh, moves. But Sandler is obviously very insecure about this. And he is played by Alan Covert, who is uh, regular in these films, who we haven't really talked about, has recently become a big Trump guy. Um, Definitely the most politically problematic member of the Sandler extended gang of friends and has started to, I don't know how Sandler feels about that. I'm sure he's still friends with him, but like... And definitely the most politically problematic person in this film yeah exactly the most politically problematic person in this film which also features we should mention uh then mayor of new york rudy giuliani um in i w- wonder what happened to him what i would say is his second best performance in a hollywood comedy film after of course his scene scene stealing turn in last year's borat subsequent movie film um <laughs> which almost ended his career um he doesn't do a lot here. He's in, like, one scene at a baseball stadium. But it is weird that at the time... Like, Sandler is, like, friends with Rudy Giuliani at this point. Like, he donates mm-hmm. money to him in 2012, I'm going to say, um, when he's running for president. And he might still be. Who knows? But it is so weird amongst all the celebrity cameos in this film, which mostly you can kind of justify uh, as, like, okay, these are guys who pop in and out of these films, like Woody Harrelson and uh and john McEnroe, who's in like three or four sandler films and has actually a really big role in mr deeds and then uh Derek cheater and then rudy giuliani shows up and you're like oh this is a whole other level of strange i don't know what's happening now um but yeah so his girlfriend is played by marissa tamai and everyone can kind of see that she's a bit out of his league but anyway he's on a flight and he gets pissed off by incredibly uh patronizing uh, flight attendant played by uh, Steve Carell's wife, Nancy Carell and uh, and a, as an air marshal and then he is arrested and he has to go to anger management and the anger management guy, the, the, the therapist is the guy who was sitting beside him on the flight who started the chain of events that pissed him off and that is Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. so the rest of the film is the two of them clashing with each other, Nicholson manipulating him 
And then Nicholson ultimately starts going out with his girlfriend after they break up. And this is what really sends him uh, off the edge. And the film just kind of builds until you get to see these two guys like throwing punches, basically. And it's a lot of fun to watch their energies clash. So the cast in this film, I was struck by watching it today, how many talented actors I'd forgotten were in it. Because I couldn't remember who the monk at the retreat was. And I, I had it sense that it was Ben Stiller, but it's John Jets John C. Riley. And John mm-hmm. C. Riley has never made another film with Adam Sandler. Um I feel like we'll have opportunities to talk about him when we talk about Ben Stiller, but he is I mean, arguably funnier than either of the guys that we do this podcast about, in my opinion. I think he's like the funniest guy of this generation when he's working with good material. Um I don't like this part of the film that much. I think it's like a bit of a slog. Yeah, I guess it's kind of it's not really doing anything. It's it's it feels like a scene that's inserted for kind of comedic purposes alone, rather yeah. than like kind of adding on to the plot. Like you can cut out that ten minutes. Exactly. And it's kind of the same it's just buffering the running time a bit. But I think it's it's nice to see John C. Riley. But it's also he's playing the adult version of the guy who has who pulls down Sandler's pants as a child in the flashback at the start. So that's like a nice little kind of like full circle moment. Um, The guys in the anger management group, you got Louise Guzman and you've got January Jones weirdly is in this. And you got our friend John Turturro, who is um, once again playing like this incredibly cartoonish Italian, like just like um, half Irish, half half Italian, half yes, half Irish, half Italian, half Mexican, who's just like firing on all cylinders and is like uh, very, very big anger issue but has learned to calm it down by saying uh goose frabba over and over again which is like one of the only things i I remember from this film from like the first few times i watched it um so it's nice to see all of them showing up and uh the film is kind of like they're a good gang there is stuff in this that i remember people's other people's parents when I was a child, loading up YouTube on the family computer and sitting me down and showing me the I feel pretty scene, thinking that it was the funniest thing ever. And probably one of my first introductions to Adam Sandler was being shown that scene out of context. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's really that funny. It's it's okay. Um, I think it was okay the first time, but it became a recurring gag and it's like the entire outro of the film. Yes. And it's just like, mm, okay. It's, like, yeah, stopping him, stopping him on a busy bridge in New York mm-hmm. to get him to sing is like... That's funny funny it is funny but i think that like i don't know a lot of this it, it kind of it reverts back kind of to what this sandler film had kind of avoided which is being like super childish yeah 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 and it was like sandler trying to just get his tone in there a little bit i don't mm-hmm. know how much impact yeah like that his silly little yeah selection. his silly voice and his like infantilizing thing and his whole like yeah. i'm going to be like i'm going to you know emasculate myself for this and yeah, like he's very much an adult in this film. Yes, like um, he's not playing a Billy Madison. Like he's he's like no. he's a career professional the way that he is in something like Click. Yeah, um, because those are really his two modes in his own comedies. He plays like a guy with a pretty good job and a girlfriend that he doesn't treat very well, or he plays like a baby who is like lusting after women, much who who feel mm-hmm. much more mature than he is, and like this and Click and. Uh, the Grown Ups movies are kind of in that first category. Um, and I I can never figure out which I like better, I guess. I think that they have different kinds of appeal, and I definitely feel myself gravitating towards those two strands of Sandler comedy, depending on the mood that I'm in. Um, if I'm feeling... Yeah, like if you're, if you're going to have two brands of yourself, <laughs> it's not a bad... Not at all, yeah. It's not a bad contrast to have, like, because... Definitely. It really does kind of split the filmography into two... Exactly. And there's definitely days of my life I would want to watch something real stupid like like Big Big Billy Madison or Mr. Deeds rather than something where he plays an adult. Yeah, because even before we recorded today, you yeah. were like, what we watched? And I was like, oh, we did funny people last time. Let's do a stupid one. Yeah. Like it's this isn't this isn't this isn't line. as stupid as they get. It's not even yeah, no. but it, it's it's kind of it's really in the middle. It's there. in the middle, and I think it's in the middle because you have Jack Nicholson in it, and you're kind of like trying to give Jack Nicholson uh, something a bit more adult to work with, I guess. 
Yeah, like, yeah. You, can't, you couldn't insert Jack Nicholson into Billy Madison. I mean, he just wouldn't do the he wouldn't do the line readings. I mean, but you put no. you put Al Pacino in Jack and Jill, and that's that's what it looks like. It's Jack, Al Pacino looking <laughs> as if he is counting the minutes until he can walk off the set, like absolutely yeah. desperate. And he's only in about seven scenes in that film, but like he's good. He's good. He's funny yeah. in it, but like he looks like he's about to jump off a bridge. So. I, yeah, I feel like Jack Nicholson watched this back and was like, ah, he probably got a lot. Yeah, I think that he's proud of the work he did here. Um, I just love the yeah. idea of him interacting with Adam Sandler off screen. Like, I want to I want to see footage of them hanging out. I want to see them doing interviews together. I want to hear them do a podcast yeah. together. They're such two completely different types of people. Um, because, I like, I don't know, Jack Nicholson, is he Jewish? Like, do, do they have anything in common culturally? I'm trying to think. They just come from such different worlds. He is Irish, English, German, Welsh, identifies as Irish. Yeah, so no, he's not. So, like, <laughs> probably, like, basketball is probably the thing they talk about, right? Because, like, Jack Nicholson is, like, a big basketball Yeah, Jack Nicholson goes, to, goes basketball to basketball games, games all the time. I feel yeah. like that's probably the one thing they have in common. But I would love to see them interacting in a room together. I think it would be so funny. Um, so Jack Nicholson, who obviously you can't really go through Jack Nicholson's career. It would take about a, a year. But mm-hmm. um, Jack Nicholson... Uh, has not made many films since Anger Management. So this is really like part of the kind of the twilight of his uh, long and and storied career, which I think is kind of hilarious. So this is the fifth last thing he ever appeared in. Um, His final five films are Anger Management. Oh, what is it? Something's Gotta Give came out. Bucket list. Well, I'll get to that. (laughs) Something's something's Gotta Give came out a few months after this, which is like, you know, a serious film he got a... Uh, I think he got a nomination for. And then you got The Departed in 2006. Oh, and in an ideal world, I think that would be his final performance. And then in 2007, you have The Bucket List, which is at least, you know, feels like someone's final performance. It's a film about dying. And then in 2010, yeah. you have this terrible, terrible movie called How Do You Know, which is uh, a movie in which he is fourth billed. It is Reese Witherspoon, Owen Wilson, Paul Rudd, and Jack Nicholson. It is a film with a budget of $120 million. Jesus. Uh, and grossed 48. It is a film that is uh, I rented from ExtraVision once when I was 14, and I turned off halfway through because it was so terrible. And he's in it because it, direct, it was directed by James L. Brooks, who made um, Terms of Endearment, um, which, he was, uh, which he won his first Oscar for. I think it's mm-hmm. first maybe not his first but anyway so has he officially retired he's officially retired or does he just he's officially retired oh is he so okay. that's how old is he now he must be in his he 70s must be about 77 i'd say he is 84 yeah. is 84. he so he's still very much a public figure like he goes to the oscars most years and he's around he goes yeah. to basketball but like it's everyone who loves jack nicholson is a bit depressed that his final film was this trash um mm. and it could have been the departed it could have been I mean, the bucket list's not good, but like at least it's it's something. It has a certain kind of aura to it. Or it could have been yeah. under management, uh, which I think would have been a pretty good one, you know? Um, I think it's just an awful shame, but he's still Jack Nicholson, and he can take that with him to his grave. So uh, this is not uh, by any means the worst film he's been in. So that's good. No. Not even this side of the century. So in uh, 2014, there was an FX sitcom based on this film, called anger management that began and it was intended as a new vehicle for charlie sheen who had been fired from two and a half men for i don't know why he was fired he's just fired for being a jackass right like uh, i think there was a lot of stuff he was yeah. he was just i've forgotten at this stage drug use but also like yeah. willingly spreading sdis and stuff like he's oh, he was yeah, just doing things that were like very very unethical and mm. i don't care for charlie sheen at all um but he made this show called anger management and is loosely inspired by this film the series revolves around charles goodson a one-time minor league baseball player who has recurring anger issues thanks to a therapist played by selma blair and he's able to get his issues under control and make it to the major leagues but he did a relapse he returned to school and now he's a therapist and he has to do therapy for patients in his home and he goes to prison and does sessions there as well now this, is this a typo? I'm so confused. It says on Wikipedia that the first season had 10 episodes and mm-hmm. the second season... Wait, let me just check that this is correct. Oh my good God. I'm so confused. What the hell? 
This makes no sense. Okay, the first season of the show had te- had ten episodes, and aired in two thousand and twelve, and the mm-hmm. second season of the show had ninety episodes. Nine zero. Nine zero, and they all aired in the year two thousand and fourteen. So two weeks. This is must be like that can't be right. No, is this like a SpongeBob thing where they were fifteen minutes and they stitched them together? I don't know. So. Season two debuted in... Oh, no, it started in 2013. Um, I'm so confused. Oh, no, I've got to look this up. So the first one aired on January 17th, 2013. And the 90th aired... Yeah, there's 100 episodes. On December 22nd, 2014. So there was two years. They aired over two years. Was it not? Yes, there was two. there was two a week. Yeah, I'm looking at IMDb here. They must be, they have to be 15 minutes, right? They couldn't be half an hour. You couldn't be doing two half-hour episodes of this a week for two years. Uh, what, I, what kind of show goes on for that long? I have no idea. This is... There's nothing here about, like... 22 minutes. Tw- and they were doing two a week. I'm so confused by that. I've never heard of a show doing that. I'm just going to Google anger management so many episodes. Yeah. What the fuck? Why is there nothing on Wikipedia acknowledging how unusual it is that there's that many episodes of it? Season 2, episode 70. Season 2, episode... Okay, here's an article. This Charlie ridiculous. Sheen's anger management gets 90-episode backorder. Uh, despite ending its 10-episode original run on a low ratings note, anger management has landed a 90-episode order from FX. Overall, episodes 2 to 10 met an average threshold, blah, 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 blah. Did they think he was going to die, so they just wanted to make as many as possible in a short period of time to get them out there? I wonder. They must have just been like, Charlie's going to die or go into rehab. we got to just get this show made. But then you'd think they'd spread it out over a couple of years, right? That's what I think. That's what I thought. Like, they'd have this huge back catalog of, like, but they, they didn't. They did. ten seasons yeah, worth. They, like... they burned them all two a week. Okay, so you see, here's the thing in American TV. When a show gets to 100 episodes, you can sell it for syndication. So you know how, like, you know how like E4 or Comedy Central will show like ten episodes of Friends, right? Yeah, that's like a that's called syndication. And in America, you basically have to get to hundred episodes before your show is eligible for syndication. And when it's eligible for syndication, well, so you can sell it to other you can networks. You sell it to basically. a smaller network, a cable network that will just show oh, reruns okay. of it in big blocks. And then all the actors yeah. and the, and the writers will make loads and loads of royalties, like that TikTok I showed you last week about royalties. This whole show was probably a money laundering whole, scam. It was sorry. a money laundering scam. It seems like they desperately got it to 100 episodes that then they could just put it in syndication and show random random reruns of it and he'd be able to make money off of it. That's so weird because this is the weirdest thing with syndication that I ever remember is when BoJack Horseman became eligible for syndication and this was a Netflix show that had only ever yeah. aired on Netflix and then they started showing BoJack Horseman on TV. It was on like TBS or Comedy Central with ads cut into it. And people, people were just, yeah, tuning in on a Thursday evening to, or like a sudden random episode, random episode of, Bojack. of Bojack Horseman out of context. That show is not built to be ch- checked into out of context. No, like, not It at is all. a drama. It should not. It is so heavily narrative based yeah, and is, continuity based. Continuity that, like, based. like you could do that with Succession better than with Bojack Horseman, in my opinion. I, I guess, think Succession is yeah. a pretty good show to like drop into randomly. Uh, not really, but kind of. Like the, if like haven't watched it, you can go back and watch any episode. Yeah, like, this I'm trying to. Th- well, fun. the Aaron Sorkin shows are pretty good. They tend to be self-contained-ish. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Well, that's the show. That's the show. Uh, anger management. Um, mm-hmm. So I've never watched it because I fucking hate Charlie Sheen. But you know, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, I'm sure it's full of jokes about uh, how women and gay people and people of color are the problem with the world. Yeah, I'm sure it's. It's great. Um, yeah, now now back to a much better piece. Of yeah, media. the film anger film anger management. My other my favorite joke in this film is when Jack Nicholson comes over to Adam Sandler's house and starts looking through his music collection, and he goes, "I got to get rid of all this angry music." And Sandler goes, "The Carpenters is angry music." And Jack Nicholson goes, and I wrote this down. He goes, "Close to you, we've only just begun." Songs of madness and obsession. <laughs> because the carpenter's music is like the most relaxing music you'll ever hear so yeah um okay the class corner what's the story here sandler's in kind of like an office job he doesn't like yeah it's it's not relevant to the plot right like he doesn't have seem to have any financial struggles yes um he's just like he wants a promotion for his job but that's not a, it's a status thing rather than a financial thing yeah yeah 
Yeah, he's just your standard. He has a decent apartment, whatever. Yeah. Not. Is there a, sen- is there a sense there that his girlfriend wants him to have a better job? I think there is, because he says he's going to wait to wait to propose to her until he's no longer a secretary. Again, I think that's a status thing. It's more of a yeah. get my own self in order before I can yeah. take on the responsibility of a wife. Mm, or so he has a chip on his shoulder, but it's not really yeah. a class thing. And we don't know what she does either. We don't really, is she, no, she teaches... Well, he says she teaches poetry. Oh. That's not a real job. Oh, yeah, I she writes. Made that up. Yeah. Okay, is that real? I don't know. I... Maybe it is a real job. Um, uh, on the Alex to Alex scale, where are we placing this character? I mean, the film is about anger, so the absolute max. But he's not. He's not actually angry. It's just the film is based on like everyone's gaslighting him. Yes, the him. entire film is <laughs> aggravating him to the absolute max, yes. and he doesn't kill him. Yes, he probably almost kills. Jack at the he end. He like slaps a monk or something, but that's yeah. kind of the height of his rage. I think, yeah, he's he wouldn't be angry if everybody else would just leave him alone. But also, yeah. you could say that about any angry person. Uh, he will be a little bit. Mm. He, he's kind of an uncomfortable anger. Like, that's the whole film. He's not like comfortable expressing anger. Yes, any yes. Sense, yes. Really. He's not comfortable expressing anything because I guess he's traumatized yeah. by the pants pulling down thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, again, like. From visual anger, I yes. guess he's pretty low on the scale. Yeah, that's but fair. Internal anger, probably quite yeah. high. Okay. Um, he's in the middle. Yeah. Person. Our next segment, Wife Guys, um, the great Marissa Tomai. Oscar winner Marissa Tomai is the wife really? in this film. So Marissa Tomai has an Oscar. She has an Oscar for My Cousin Vinny. And she is amazing in My Cousin Vinny, but also nobody has ever won an Oscar for that type of performance, which is like playing the crazy girlfriend in a broad comedy um it's like it's the equivalent of like most mccarthy was nominated for bridesmaids but she didn't win but like that would have been the closest in terms of like this is like the standout funny woman in a funny comedy and she won an oscar for it there is a conspiracy theory in hollywood and in on the internet that jack palance who was a very old man who was giving out the oscar to, to, to her that year there is a theory that he accidentally said the wrong name because he was old and crazy uh but that everybody just went along with it because they didn't want to embarrass him and that she didn't actually win who were what were the other nominees i'll find out uh but i think it's also like she got nominated so it's not like it was out of yeah so it's not like it's not ridiculous ridiculous. he didn't make it up at worst she was the fifth worst person to get exactly yeah like at worst she came fifth um, so she won in 1993. She's been nominated two other times. Um, she was nominated a year, the year before this came out, actually. Um, give me one second now. I got to get to 1993. But Marissa Tomei is great. Marissa Tomei nowadays probably best, most often seen as uh, the uh, Spider-Man's aunt in the Marvel Spider-Man movies. Oh, a, that's her. A role in which she is a little bit wasted, but um, hopefully she gets more to do in the new one. So she was nominated against. Uh, Four people in four films I've never seen. Uh, Judy Judy Davis in Husbands and Wives, Joan Plowright in Enchanted April, Vanessa Redgrave in Howard's End, and Miranda Richardson in Damage. Uh, I mean, those are serious films. Those are like big dramas. So mm. I'd say that there is there is a sense that it probably was like Miranda Richardson or Vanessa Redgrave who should have gotten it. But, and, you know, who knows? Marissa um, Tamai is great, and she has not been in any other Sandler films that I can recall. Has she worked with Stiller? maybe um i should have figured this out before the show uh not really she played pete davidson's mother in king of staten island which she was amazing in oh what and she's she's a good sandler wife she is a good sandler wife um yeah i think she she should be probably have more to do because she's so talented but she's still good yeah yeah she's i'm looking at she's she's in the eyes of march crazy stupid love yeah she's really good in crazy stupid love Love is Strange, a good Alfred Molina movie. Um, she's in a film called Cyrus with John C. Riley, which is a really good film. It's about like, a, a, so Jonah Hill plays like a, a mother boy who uh, gets upset that uh, John C. Riley is dating his mom and uh, John C. Riley has to like deal with the weird uh, Oedipal relationship. And it's mm-hmm. it's Marissa Tomei and Jonah Hill and John C. Riley. I must watch that. That's a good film. Duplass Brothers directed that. And then she got her most recent Oscar nomination for... Uh, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Um, so yeah, Marissa Tomai, great, 
great actress. And then we are going to ask, would the movie work with Ben Stiller? Yes, I believe it would very much so work. I think there is huge similarities between this and Duplex. Duplex, yes. Yeah, between tone, time period. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same film. It's uh, someone trying to get an angry reaction out of someone for one reason or another. I mean, these were like these were probably yeah. released about six months apart. Yeah, yep, Duplex came out in Absolutely. September. Yep, these were released like four months. Yeah, you just got Jack Nicholson one, and you got the old lady. The old lady, like yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think yes, it's more comparable. It's probably more like Duplex than Meet the Parents, actually. In terms of like agitation, two, yeah, sources of agitation. Yeah, interesting. Um, yes, it would work with Ben Stiller for sure. And then okay. finally. We're going to have a look at the box office, and Shane's going to quiz me on the other films that were out at this time. So I haven't looked at this. This is the box office for the opening weekend of Anger Management, April 11th, 2003. 2003. 2003. And the only thing I know is that this opened at number one, because I saw that when I was getting you the link. Sure did. How much did it make the first week? I have no idea. I'm going to guess 29. 42. Ooh, very good. Today, that would be considered a huge hit. That's what that's what Dune that that's, is, that is that's what Dune made in a weekend. <laughs> that is, uh, that people is were people just went to the movies back then. People went to the movies and also in two thousand and three people really loved Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But Jack Nicholson's financial reliability as a star was probably at its peak in this period, these these three or four years. Mm. Yeah, it was just going to the cinema was an event back then, I guess. Oh, you can get like anyway, we're not getting into that. Alright, so next up, I believe. Okay. Do you wanna have any any crack at it? I have literally no just... no 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 sense of this period of time. Okay. Features an Irish actor. Colin Farrell. Yes. SWAT. Nope. Two thousand and three. Uh, phone booth. Yes. So I had a uh... I had a boss in a retail job before who uh, randomly started talking to me about phone booth one day. I can't even remember why. Joel Schumacher came up for some reason, and he goes to me like, mm-hmm. what's Joel Schumacher's best film, Lucy? And you have five seconds to answer. And I was like, well, I, I don't, I'm not going to agree with you on this, Mr. Boss, but your answer is probably phone booth. And he was like, yes, phone booth, great film. Um I don't like phone booths as much as everybody else, but it is just Colin Farrell in a phone booth, but uh, it's okay. For 80 minutes. 80 minutes? Ah, good running time. Yeah. If your film is set in a phone booth, you'd want it to be 80 minutes. Anything that's set in like a four meter radius is usually a good time, but you wouldn't watch more than once, you know? Is Joe Schumacher made a Veronica Guerin? Yeah, he made Veronica well. Guerin, Colin Farrell. What's his connection with... Colin Farrell and like Irish stuff. He obviously got. I'd say Veronica Guerin was probably his his pathway, his like road into Irish stuff, right? Like he got hired to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Colin Farrell is in Veronica Guerin for like one minute. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. That's but, why. But he's he's in he's, he's in, in the, the header, header box, but he's not in the film yeah. for more than a minute. He literally does, his character doesn't have a name. He shows up, talks to her on a street for about one minute, and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. That's his only scene. And then on Letterbox, they make it look like he's the second star of the film. Yeah. But Joel Schumacher, who died in the last year, I believe. Um, June 22nd, 2020. Yeah, and I always really liked Joel Schumacher. Um, not a great director, but like a funny guy. Uh, yeah. Claims that he had sex with 10,000 men, I think. Um, just an incredible character. He was a production designer, then he became a director. Um, and he kind of worked pretty consistently for years. But anyway, Bo Booth is okay. Colin Farrell, we love Colin Farrell. Okay, move on. The next film stars another Colin. So this is a Colin Firth picture. It and is. this is um, uh, Colin Firth 2003. So it's too early to be Bridget Jones 2. And it's too late to be Bridget Jones 1. Uh, is it a comedy? It's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. I, I would Colin see Colin Firth. Interesting. And is he the is he the star or is there a woman and he is the second guy? Is it like a it's a woman and a woman him. and him? And is it an English yeah. woman or an American woman? An American woman. 
an American woman in Colin Firth. Is he on the poster? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'm trying to think, is this the film that was like edited, had the poster edited after America went to war with Iraq? That film that you're thinking of is, um, is, uh, is the, the one with Hilary Duff. Uh, the one that you're thinking no, of, I... the one that you're thinking of is the one where Hilary Duff is standing in front of the beef eaters outside Buckingham Palace. And yeah. it's called like, what a man wants or, uh, how to. What? No, I'm right. It is this film. Oh, and I'm just forgetting the name. And Colin, wait, Colin yeah. Firth is the love interest for Hilary Duff. No, no, she he is the love interest for someone oh, else. Oh, weird. Okay, I haven't seen this. Okay, the, I just need to remember the name. So the name, does it have the word man in it or men? Wom- no. Or woman? It has the word girl. girl. What a girl wants? Yes. Very good. Yes, that's the one that had the poster edited. <laughs> Why is it edited? What's she holding again? She's holding up the peace sign with her fingers. And they got rid of that. And they got rid of that because, <laughs> oh, that's the story I've heard anyway. But like, there's two versions: one where her hand is just like on her hip, and the other one where it's yes, you can tell her hand. hand on her hip looks incredibly it's animated. Very strange. Yeah, that's gas. And he's a love interest for somebody else. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking he's a, he's a ten years too old to be Hilary Duff love interest. Like, is Amanda Bynes not the same age? She as... is. Wait, sorry, it's not Hilary Duff. It's Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Same, yeah. Uh, Colin Firth, Amanda Bynes. Oh, she is this. Yeah, maybe they are the same. What? That feels like a 10-year... Yeah, that feels like a very... They feel... She's 86. He's... He's definitely 10, 12. 60. He's six, 26 years. There's a 26-year age gap. Yeah. What? He's not that old. He's... He was born in 1960. He's 61. Be, he's 61. Well, he looks... Yeah, that's about He right. looks incredible for his age. Yeah, he does. That's that's remarkable to me. He's older than Tom Cruise. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, but he, I guess he kind of plays older. Amanda Bynes parents. and Colin. I would have guessed. Yeah, he does play older. But Amanda Bynes and Colin. Are they love interest in this film? Couldn't be. Because there's like a third guy on the poster. Surely he's not. He has to be like a butler or like her dad or like. Yeah. Some... Something. There's no way. That just feels like it's not. It's not that I'm even giving. An American girl, Daphne, heads to Europe in search of the father she never met. There you go. But instead of finding a British version of her bohemian mother, she learns that the love of her mom's life is an uptight politician. There we go. There you go. That's the plot. Yeah, okay. You know what? That sounds really fucking good. I'm going to watch that later. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. sounds really good. Why have I not seen it? Colin Firth plays an uptight politician. Also, incredible how that is the same premise as Mamma Mia. Literally the same premise. Really? An American girl goes to find her father and it's Colin Firth. Mm, same prop. Same yeah. plot. Okay. Um, what's next? Has Colin Firth ever played David Cameron in Anthem? Uh, nah, he doesn't. He doesn't really look like him. Doesn't he? I feel like he kind of has similar. He has prime minister know. energy, but I think Hugh, Hugh yeah. Grant looks more like David Cameron. All right. So. Okay, next one up is a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it like eight-legged freaks or something? <laughs> no, I don't know what that is, but this is a. Uh... Okay. Is this actually a personal. Ooh. Actually, a favorite of yours. This. No. no, I would never publicly admit that I'd like this film. I don't like it. Okay, it's just hmm. I'm gonna need a clue. It's. I think I logged it on Letterboxd at one point and didn't give it a rating just because I couldn't. Hmm. I need I need another clue. I'm sure I'll get it. It's a it's a comedy. Okay. It's a comedy. Uh, I don't know. It features a. A guy who was a big comedy star at the time. A guy who was a big comedy star at the time. Yeah. And it's he's not still a big comedy star. He gets bits, but he's... I don't, I don't like him. Peak. He's not like a guy that I'm a fan of. I think you are a fan. I am a fan of him. Um, oh, is yeah. this... Uh, is this the 2000... And, no, it couldn't be. Is this Freddy Got Fingered? No. Oh, no. No, I very much like that. <laughs> okay, I was... I've no I thought that that's what it was. Uh, um, 2003. I don't know. I, I, but will I give you the director? Is Mike Myers in it? No. You give me the director, yeah. Adam Shankman. Oh, okay. Adam Shankman. I like. I, I know Adam Shankman's work. I, I think he made he made Hairspray. He uh, yeah. He's making Encha- Disenchanted. He made the Pacifier, Bedtime Stories. He made he made What Men Want. Oh, he made he made the he made Bedtime Stories. I did not know that. He made. 
Okay, this is going to be the... So this, There's another film he made that's a sequel. To this. That will give away what this is. No, not a sequel to this. It's a sequel to another film. That will give away... Starring the same actor that's in oh, this. Oh, this is a, a Steve Martin in this. Yes. Okay, so this is one of the Steve Martin ones you like. So this is a Bringing Down the House. This is Bringing Down the House. <laughs> okay, great. Wait, and the sequel that was going to give it away would have been cheaper too. Yeah. yeah perfect, okay. Yeah. Um... As soon as, yeah, I don't know. I just, I got it in my head there that it was the cheaper two was in the mix somewhere here. Um, I knew Adam Scheinman made that. Okay, yeah, bring it on the house with uh, Queen Latifah. Uh, fun yes. little tangent about Queen Latifah that I think people who listen to our show will find interesting. So I read an article recently that was in The Hollywood Reporter by Kim Masters, and it was about the producers who did the Alec Baldwin movie where the woman got killed and how they have been basically running a money laundering scheme for the past few years, making little indie movies and then writing them off as tax exemptions and basically like there's a money laundering scheme and the the movie they did previously before the alec baldwin one was a uh, movie called the tiger the white tiger or something and it's like a an adaptation of a of a book children's book and they shot it in the same little town in new mexico or whatever and it has queen latifah and dennis quaid in it and this movie Mm. was made like three or four years ago and has never been released and will never be released and was only made as a money laundering thing but i don't think dennis quaid or queen latifah are aware of this fact but it was made and the staff the crew were like treated horribly like there was no union Mm -hmm. regulations followed people didn't get paid for their work there was all sorts of lawsuits and stuff and uh, yeah it's never going to get released but uh, Queen Latifah is in that film so yep interesting I've watched Bringing Down the House it's not it's not very good no it's it's interesting uh, sure, I'm sure it has interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just a weird gender, like Steve gender Martin. and racial politics tied into it. Yeah, just another angry white man, like a lot of these films. Mm-hmm. On this list. All right, next up is features a bald man. Okay, one of our. Is it, um, before you say a single other thing, is it the movie XXX? No, but is you're XXX two? on the ball there. No. It's it fe- it does feature our buddy Mark Sinclair. It is the motion picture, The Chronicles of Riddick. No, it's not what? one of them. What? And it's not the pacifier. No. Is it? Is it? it it's not a. It's not a fast. Um. It's not a Riddick. It's not a fast. No. It's not a triple X. It's something else, and he's the star. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's not Black Hawk Down or something. Looks boring as hell. It's boring as hell. It looks. I've never seen it. The poster is our lead actor walking away from flames oh, with a gun in his hand. Is it called Walking Tall? Nope. But Walking Tall is the rock. Yes, I know this poster. It's called. Is a, a Gary F. Gary Gray. Yes, I know. F. Gary Gray made uh, made Fast Fast Eight. So the, okay, so this name is like it's a phrase. It's an expression. It's like something that comes from the Bible, or it's a song title. It's like a it's like a it's a, it's a phrase that is in the the vernacular, right? Yeah. It's like it's a, it's a biblical thing, is it? I... Like it's called something with the with the syntax of like deliver us from evil or deliver me from sin or something like that. No. no. Okay. No. How many words? How many words? So. Three <laughs> words. Is one of them my or me? No. Okay. It's a hmm. indefinite article. Something. Ah, I got it. I got something. it. I got it. It's called a. Um, a man apart. Yes, it is. <laughs> Stupid name. Uh, Frankly, it is a it is a miracle of science that my brain was able to retain that information. It honestly is. I don't know how you're not googling all these. Love changes a man. Revenge tears him apart. Well, that sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But they are going to do their blank check podcast. Keeps saying they're going to do F. Gary Gray someday. So I feel like we'll get a nice three-hour podcast yeah. about that to listen to. Ah, uh, it's just something about dude whose wife. Gets yeah, also, when, when anyway. we finish Adam and Ben, we're going to move on to doing the um, Marky Mark Sinclair show where we talk about Vin Diesel movies every week. Uh, so. yes. It's going to be called Petrol or Diesel. Um, yeah. So we can. If we want to get that done anytime soon, we're going to have to go on the. Charlie Sheen anger management schedule. Yeah, exactly. Ninety episodes. Ninety episodes in half by the end of the <laughs> to year. To be fair, there is a chance you might be living nearer to me soon, so we might be able to bang out ninety episodes. Oh, that we is just true. hang out on a Sunday, watch two films, do two episodes. It could work. It could work. Yeah, yeah. Alright, keep going. Uh, okay. Next one is a DreamWorks film. Okay. 
animated? Seems like it. Uh, I have to look it up because I don't know it. But it sounds like a political film. Okay. I'm sure it's not animated if it's a political film. No, it is a political comedy. Okay. Starring another comedy. Is actor. this well known? Is this way? Wait, don't say. Don't say anything else. Is this Welcome to Mooseport? Fuck. Oh. Damn. Oh, that would have been a good one. Is it Swing Vote? No. Nope. That's 2008. Yeah. Okay. So another comedy actor who's popular at the time. Is it Chris Rock? Yes. And it's it's the one where Chris Rock is the president. Uh, Looks like I don't it. know what this is called. I, I put it on six months ago or like a year ago and I turned it off. It's called. It's called. Go for it. Head of head state. Of sta- yeah. It could, could have been called anything. Yeah. Could have been called anything. Okay. Yeah. It seems like a very vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I turned that one off uh, after five minutes. It was uh, not watchable. Next one up is directed by Rob Zombie. So it's it's a Rob Zombie film. So it, this this is going to yeah. be called like Bikers of Justice or something. Hell on Wheels. I don't know. Close enough. What's it called? <laughs> it's it's worse than that. It's like significantly worse. Oh, tell than me. I, I'm not going to get it. House of One Thousand Corpses. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, all of his films are just like, what if there were goths in the desert murdering people? Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Uh, next one. I don't, I know very few of these. Yeah, it's a, 2003 is a blind spot for me. Oh, the next one seems like a movie about a hole. About digging. Is it Holes? No. <laughs> That's 2003. Is it? I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm like pretty sure. Let me see. Holes film is a 2003. Yep. Oh, Holes came out like the week after. Holes oh, really? The next week. Yeah. That's a. So there's two whole films out at once. <laughs> what is this? I don't know what this is. This is a movie about digging a very, very deep hole. <laughs> a hole is the deepest hole possible. This is uh You can't dig a deeper so hole is, than they do in this, this film. Is the core or something? Yeah. Okay. There the we core. go. The core. <laughs> the core. Yeah. Very good. Alright, about dig into the middle of the earth because the core stopped rotating or mm, something. That sounds fantastic. We'll keep going for like do one, one or two, two more. Yeah. Uh, People are getting bored. Okay, because it's like a one you'll know coming up. Okay. This one is the name, this is a Rob Marshall film takes the Chicago? name of yeah cool. rob marshall spot rob on marshall one of one of our worst directors but okay mm-hmm. next up yeah. is the john travolta film uh battleship earth battleship nope. earth uh no okay uh john travolta film doesn't it's got a very bland name it's a is it an action film or is it a comedy Tagline is deception is their most deadly weapon. It seems like a drug bust to police cops. It's, it's, uh, it's not. It's not like uh, starfish or whatever. No, as I said, it's got a very bland okay, name. Okay, so that, then I probably don't know it. It's called basic. Basic. Ugh, I have no idea what that is. That sounds bad. Yeah, some drug enforcement agency army dude. Just uh, basic. So it has uh, John Travolta and Connie Nielsen, Samuel Jackson. Oh wow, Samuel Jackson on the poster with like a beret and a cool coat. I think I've seen this. I Diggs, Giovanni Ribisi, Harry Connick Jr. Did not make his money back. Oh, really? from the director of Die Hard. Uh, yeah, before he went to prison. Okay, we'll go one more and then we'll like fly through. Yeah. This is a kid's comedy. Okay. Kids come. Starring, I think Amanda Bynes could Amanda, be in it. Amanda Bynes could be in it. Is it, uh, is it, oh, 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 is this my beloved Big Fat Liar? It's not. It's the one I confuse with. Uh, the one liar. you confuse with Big Fat Liar is, uh, it's, uh, I know it. It's uh, Agent Cody Banks. It is. Yeah. Agent Cody Banks, not as good as Big Fat Liar. No. I think Amanda Bynes is, is in them both, right? I think Muniz and Bynes was the... Moon is and Binds are definitely in Big Fat Liar. Um, they were a team back then. They were then, a like... team back then because they were on the respectively the biggest sitcom and the biggest kids show. Uh, now all we got is Tom Holland. No, Agent Cody Banks is Hillary Duff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Agent Cody Banks is Hillary. Oh, it's Hillary Duff. Is the second one Amanda Binds? Because it could be. Uh... 
Agent Cody Banks, number two. No, it's Hannah Spears. That's not a real person. Okay. Never mind. Who's the... Produced by Madonna. What? And who's the third guy in Agent Cody Banks 2? It's Anthony... Oh, Anthony Anderson from Blackish. Yeah. That sounds terrible. I've only seen the first one. I don't know why Madonna is top producer on this. Maybe but I... someone relative of hers wanted to be in it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. There's like a lot of... Okay, out of the top ten here for this week. One, two, three, four... I guess like five or comedies. Yeah, they used to make comedies before people. They used had, to make a lot of comedies. People yeah. had Netflix. They used to make comedies. See, all comedy now is just like Brooklyn Nine Nine watching it over. Yeah, and over exactly. Ugh, I miss comedy yeah. movies. I miss when they existed. All right. Other significant films of the time. We have Bend It Like Beckham. Worth noting briefly that the both of the agents Cody Banks films cost like very little to make. I'm actually shocked. Twenty eight and twenty six million, respectively tiny budgets mm. like that's like one third you don't have to pay children yeah exactly salaries that's, for that's like a movies. third of what agent uh, anger management cost um bend it like beckham is in here very good i'm sure that was a bigger hit in the uk anyway i think we have the oscar winning best picture from that year uh that would have been um or the year before the year before it would have been 2002. 2002 it's uh it's the one between A Beautiful Mind and Lord of the Rings. So it's... Uh, I'm not sure if my... You could be right, but I... I it's no Chicago was the winner that year. So okay. what is it? The Pianist? Uh, no, that didn't win Best Picture. Adrian Brody he won, won Best, Best Actor, Actor yeah. He won yeah. Best Actor, yeah. Uh, what do I got? Dreamcatcher, The Hunted. We have another comedy with Old School in its 14th week. Old School is um, a really, really bad film. Yeah. <laughs> Dreamcatcher is a is a film about shit monsters. Um, shit monsters attacking the earth. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that. Beaver I attempts to trap the creature movie. under the toilet lid. Um, he succumbs to his OCD to pick up a toothpick, allowing the creature to break out and kill him. Sounds good. <laughs> shit monsters. Sounds good. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking. Of, is that a follow-on from Dogma? No. no. Is that not a? Not I don't think. So. No, Dreamcatcher is a Stephen sorry. King thing. Okay. Morgan Freeman, Donnie Wahlberg, Jason Lee. Sorry, the the shit monsters I was thinking of are in Dogma or something. Oh, like yeah. Chris Rock is like fighting shit monsters. Oh, right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, all the films beyond this point are like all 20 plus weeks in the... What a, what a so weird... Catch Me If You Can is still there. Like yeah. I mean... Cowboy Bebop. 2000, adaptation. 2004 or, was the year that I became conscious of what was out. So 2003 yeah. is really the last year where you could tell me anything and I'd believe you. 2004, I know my dates a bit better. As we will exhibit on this show very soon, I'm sure. Mm. All right. That's enough for today. Good stuff. Yeah, I think I think as a Sandler film, there's kind of less areas of exploration True. in this film than most others. Yeah, because like, yeah, it just kind of works when it works and there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, it's pretty like... I think soon we should. Ve- it is what it Maybe is, for the yeah. next Sandler, we should venture into one of my like weird, bizarre favorites, like Click, perhaps. Yeah. I really like Click. Or like Bedtime the stories. reasons for liking it are kind of yeah. beyond what is on the surface. Yeah, exactly. Like this is good on the surface. This is good on the surface. There's not a lot to it. And that's kind of it. True. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back very soon with a Ben Stiller classic of some variety. Um, thank you, Shane. And you can Anytime. find the show on Spotify. Um, thanks to all the listeners who had us in their Spotify wrapped for the year. Um, we appreciate it. We hopefully will have another show out before the end of 2021. If not, Merry Christmas. But hopefully we will. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.